Blog Hi, Talk Radio. Oh, again. I do it every time, or almost every time. Welcome. You it's usually remind me. Six. I know. It's just it's just been the kind of week. This is Thyroid Nation Radio Talk Show Live and Podcast. I'm Dana Bowman, founder of ThyroidNation.com. And I'm Tiffany Mladenich of GratefulGarden.biz. Also known as Dana and Tiffany, bringing you the voices of thyroid advocates, clinicians, bloggers, and thyroid thrivers everywhere. In a few minutes, we'll be talking live with nationally renowned holistic health coach, natural food chef, thyroid patient, advocate, and author, Andrea Beeman. She's been featured on The View, Martha Stewart Living Radio, and Self Magazine. Wow, I feel like we have a celebrity. Maybe we should get like her autograph to, you know go along with this on the page or something, Tiffany. I'm feeling kind of important. This is going to be awesome. I'm thinking. Okay. Uh, No. Before we get started, if you tuned in last week, we hope you did. You heard us chatting with the fabulous Stacey Robbins. If you missed it, you can always go back to the archives on thyroidnation.com and check it out on the page. And also starting this week, I finally listed the winners for the Great Gift Giveaway page. There's a few missing, so you might check and see in your in your junk folder if you had won one of our fabulous prizes. So if you wouldn't mind checking your inboxes if you're listening, that would be great. We still need to get out 10 more prizes. But you can also see your name and what you've won. And you can see the list of the guests, the innovative, wonderful, fabulous guests we have lined up all the way through, I guess, maybe the end of September which we have Dr. Hedberg, who was on a few weeks ago. He is signed on again, I think it's September 27th, so that's exciting, as well as as a ton of other fabulous uh, guests that we can't wait. So Very exciting. It's an awesome lineup. Are you ready? I am. Okay, Dana, let's get this thyroid nation thriving. Right. Okay, here we go. Life is delicious. We have the wonderful holistic health coach and natural food chef, Andrea Beeman, with us, author of Health as Well, Make a Delicious Investment in You. Fabulous book, fabulous guest. I'm so excited to have her on. Let's welcome her. Hi, Andrea. Thank you so much. Can you hear us okay? Yeah, I can hear you. Can you hear me? Perfect. Oh, good. (laughs) Hi, Dana. Well, ha- <laughs> <laughs> Happy Sunday, girls. Happy Sunday. How are you? I'm How good. Are I can't it's complain. So good to talk to you. Yes, you it's too. So you too. <laughs> um, we, I was listening to your to your video and just loving your your new uh, nourishing your thyroid video series because you are so animated and so fun and just. <laughs> Your voice is so great, and it's just so fun to talk to you. So we've never spoke before, so it's very nice to meet you officially. Oh, good, good. And you too, and I'm glad you're enjoying the video. That was a lot of fun putting that stuff together. Oh, my God, it's just so good. I can't wait for the rest. So <laughs> so tell us um, tell us a little bit about, um, you know, everybody wants to know. I already know a little bit, but everybody kind of wants to know, um, you know, your thyroid story. Let's just jump right in real quick. Because we jump around all over. You'll just have to bear with us. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh, that's so funny. Uh, yes, yes, uh, uh, I'm a thyroid advocate, and uh, I used to be um, a thyroid sufferer myself. When I was uh, 28 years old, I was diagnosed with hyperthyroid plus a had a goiter. 
But I had all of the symptoms of hypothyroid, you know, like brittle nails, hair falling out, depression. I was 20 pounds or 25 pounds heavier than I am now. Um, so I had gone to the doctor, and the doctor had recommended radioactive iodine to destroy my thyroid and then put me on Synthroid for the rest of my life. And, um, and I said, I said, that really doesn't sound like a good option to be on medication for the rest of my life. I was only 28. So I said, listen, doc, I said, I'm going to change my diet and my lifestyle because it totally stinks. And I said, I know it totally stinks. And the doctor said, your thyroid and your diet have nothing to do with each other. Oh really? Oh, my gosh. This, yes. I mean, this was, you know, almost 20 years ago. But that's, you know, they, have, they weren't taught anything about nutrition or food in, uh, in medical school, so I totally get where she was coming from. And, uh, and I said, look, I said, I said, Doc, before I commit to, um, to destroying my thyroid and being on meds, I'm going to change my diet and I'll come back. And the doctor says, well, good luck with that. <laughs> and I, <laughs> I left and I radically transformed my diet. I, you know, I went from standard American dieting mindset you know, all the fat-free, non-fat, low-fat, you know, everything in a box that says, hey, this, you know, you'll lose weight, eat this. Uh, I went from that type of food to wholesome, natural, organic, clean, real food that came out of the earth instead of like a box. And um, within four months, my, I dropped about 18 pounds. My skin started clearing up. My hair stopped falling out. My nails were getting stronger. And I went back to the doctor for another blood test. And, uh, and she, said, she said, well, she said, your, your thyroid levels are changing. She said, but it's still not normal. You have to take this medication. And I said, doc, I said, I'm feeling better now than I have since I was like 14 years old. You know, I'm sleeping at night. I lost weight. I haven't had to diet, you know. I said, I'm going to continue doing what I'm doing. So for the next two years, I just continued eating well and taking care of myself and exercising and you know, and I kept going back to uh, the doctors every, probably every four to six months for a blood test. And every single time I went back to a doctor, and by the way, I changed doctors every time. <laughs> every time yeah, I did, you know, because they just weren't understanding my situation. <laughs> so I kept changing doctors and seeing if I would get a different opinion. But they all said the same thing. You know, you're, now you have Hashimoto's. Now you have hypothyroid. Now you have this condition. You have to take medication. And each time I said, no, 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 I, I'm, I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing. And after two years, and I'm sure uh, either Dana or Tef Tiffany, whoever was watching the video series, you saw the picture of my large goiter on my neck. Within two years, I had no more goiter. My thyroid tested normal, and it's been normal ever since. You know, it's, it's, and I, I haven't had to diet ever since. You know, this is 20 years without having to diet, which is amazing because I had spent 20 years on a diet. You know, like the first, the first 28 years of my life was literally dieting like a crazy person. Um, so now I, I just eat food. I love food. I, you know, I take care of myself. My thyroid's normal. I'm healthy. I'm happy. You know, life is, is generally pretty darn good. Wow. I mean, I think it's such an amazing story. I, I just, and I know you know that there are people out there that are in a different situation, and, and I'm sure you're the first to say, and Tiffany and I say it all the time, every body is different. Yep. And and what works for you may not work for others, but you can certainly try and start with that. And I just value and appreciate what you did and the fact that it worked for you. How amazing. Oh, yeah. And it's, it's interesting. You know, I, I love it. And I tell people, just do the best you can with whatever you have. And I've had so many clients and students that come and tell me the same thing 
My doctor said that this was incurable because that's what they said to me. My doctor said that this was incurable and you'll never heal your condition. And I have testimonial after testimonial after testimonial of people who have cured incurable conditions or what the medical establishment considers incurable because of their limited perspective on how to heal. They know how to treat symptoms, but not necessarily how to get to the root cause of something to stop the agitation, to stop the symptom from arising, to nourish the body on a deep level. You know, like I'm, I'm a firm believer that the human body is absolutely perfect in its design. Mm. It's perfect. Oh, my God. What a great creation. I mean, look, you eat food, it goes through this entire intricate absorption assimilation process, and then, boom, it poops out what it doesn't need. It's, it's fantastic. We don't have to tell it what to do. We don't have to say, oh, absorb this. Oh, take another breath. Oh, heart, beat now. Right? We don't right. have to tell it, but it knows what to do. It's, it's fantastic. And when we get to know it better, you know, and more intimately, the place that you're living in, wow, now you're talking really nice relationship. You get to know the body that you're living in, and you get to love it and take care of it to the best of your ability because it's the only one you got, right? I mean, you know, we could, we could certainly buy body parts. That's, that's modern technology. You know, I could, I could get along I could destroy my half my liver. You know, I could I could, you know, eat sugar till the cows come home and and lose a kidney, and they'll give me a kidney transplant. You know, this is modern technology, but I'd rather keep the parts that I have, the ones that I came into the earth with, right? The ones right. that were already pre-programmed into my little system. Um, oh yeah, I get so excited about the body. I think it's wonderful. Well, I you know, too, we and I, I, t- I totally love that, I, especially you saying, you know, you want to keep what you have, and I think that's just so important, and and especially if you can keep it healthy or if you don't have any any other factors that make it not right, like, you know, people who have need a kidney transplant for whatever reason, not necessarily yes. diet or whatever, you know, so yes. I totally agree. Okay, sorry, Tiff, I cut you off. What were you going to say? No, no, I was just I was just going to say um when I was taking care of my mom with Alzheimer's, you know, I I think we've lost, you know, uh such an appreciation for that beauty of design that the body has and when my mom uh I remember when my mother, you know, was progressing with the Alzheimer's, um I did some study and it was it was talking about how simply taking a shower requires 700 brain responses. Wow. You know, and we we just we have no delight or faith in the in the in the ability of the human body i mean we are perfectly designed and so what was you know the that was so fascinating to me to think that hey we just jump in the shower we wash we (laughs) hear the water we you know wash our hair we wash off we get out put the towel on but we don't realize like how many amazing miracles take place to do something that we consider very simple that's exactly right it's totally true i mean to to really I, i just love that whole perspective that you put forward that, you know, given the right tools and, you know, the the body really has an innate ability to heal itself. And, and that's just so awesome when we really think about that. Yeah, like, for example, It's a flower right? field moment. Yes, totally, yes, totally. Like, for example, if you go into the kitchen right now and you, you chop up a little bit of lunch and you accidentally cut your finger, right, and you're like, oh, gosh, I cut my finger. Yeah, we could certainly put a Band-Aid on it to speed the process you know, or to stop it from getting infected or bacteria to to get in there. But the truth is the body is the one that's healing the finger. You're not healing it from the outside. It's healing from the inside. So that's something to keep in mind with any condition. You have to go to the inside first, you know. Um, And 
In one, one of my beefs with modern medicine, and, and I love modern medicine. Trust me, if I go outside and I get hit by a car, you take me right to the hospital. You don't take me to the health food store. <laughs> right, right. Take <laughs> me to the hospital. But one of the things that they do in modern medicine that it kind of irks me a little bit is they're so quick to cut into the body, so quick to, oh, this organ system isn't functioning. Well, let's, let's take it out. Oh, your intestines not working? Okay, 15 feet, goodbye. Um, right. You, oh, breast, breast cancer in the breast, take the breast off. You know, the breast doesn't actually cause breast cancer, just like right. the thyroid doesn't cause thyroid cancer. The heart doesn't cause a heart attack. So we have to look deeper, but they, they, they go to this, this place of, like I've had so many students and clients that, that tell me that, oh, my doctor said I just don't need my thyroid, and they get it removed. They get thyroidectomies, which are so popular <laughs> right now. And I'm like, oh, my God. You know, like, like, yes, you could live without it for sure, but it makes living here right. a little bit more difficult. You know, because well, now look what you they ha- said about the tonsils. Look at what yes. they said about the tonsils, that they were useless, and then we find out that that's a primary defense in the immune system. I mean, it's, that's exactly you know, right. who's to decide? If, if I came with it, you know, I mean, as long as it wasn't an extra limb or something, you know, and who knows if that didn't apply for that person. You know what I mean? That's exactly right. But, uh, yeah, it's so true. You know, like, same thing with the appendix, right? We, even in right. the medical books, in the medical books, they say we don't know what the appendix is for. It doesn't have a purpose. And what do we know today? That the appendix is actually a storehouse for bacteria to help you digest food. So, you know, like, they're so quick to just pull things out. Oh, we don't know what it's for. Let's just yeah, take that thing out. They're not going to use it. It's it's unnecessary. Same well, thing know, with the gallbladder. about loving conventional medicine. You know, I, I love conventional medicine too. Dana knows that. And, and I always try to, you know, encourage people to cut conventional medicine a little bit of slack because they're really trained in acute situations, not yeah. in chronic illness. It's having yeah. to take a turn. But traditional medicine training has not changed much since its inception and they're tr- they're not a tra- they're not trained in chronic illness which is majority of what you're seeing now. Yeah, that's exactly right. It's a shame. The nutrition, we need them to get on the nutrition boat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, eat a little something, get a little exercise, some sunshine. <laughs> oh my gosh, we're so crazy human beings. We take things to the extreme, you know, like um like I don't know what study came out whenever it was in the 70s where we said, oh, the sun is causing skin cancer, <laughs> right? Oh. Everybody's slathering on globs of, of uh, sunscreen for how many years now? 50 years or 60 years. Right. And now we have almost the entire population is vitamin D deficient, right? And we're like, why? Well, and skin cancers. Skin cancers weren't really around until sunscreen was and skin care was. Right. There's a lot of things that actually promote cancerous, uh, exposure when they're out in the sun. These are things that we choose to apply, not yes. not the not our not our body's innate ability to handle the sun. You know, I mean, it's it's and really I, I, a very fascinating concept, huh? Oh, yeah. I want I want to stop you right there because there are surely there are people who are listening who who maybe still do that or who who are surprised oh, yeah. by this. I am not, but it is it's amazing. Just like when you said. Um, you know, we don't need this, you know, uh, we don't need our kidney. We don't. We do need all these things. Like We do need them. There are yeah. people out there who don't necessarily know. And it's, it's I I'm, feel proud of what we're doing on the show and to meet people like you, Andrea, for this very reason. Because 
we're spreading the message, not just about thyroid, about health in it. Because they right. send a note home with my daughter. You know, I live here in Costa Rica. I'm a Texan, but we moved to Costa Rica in 2008. And it is totally different here. And they are afraid of the sun. And and they mm. all have, you know, different skin than we do. And it's built for this weather because this is where they're from. But right. they will send a note home with my daughter for field day, for example, which she just had. And it will be bring a hat, bring water, bring a snack, and bring your whole bottle of blocador uh, sunscreen. Mm. And... And, and you know, the teacher will ask, you know, where's your sunscreen, you know? And Savannah comes up and she's like, well, I've got some coconut oil. Like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> right? oh, my God. And they're like, and they're like, what is that? You know, like, where's the, where's the label? Which, you know, why don't you have, you know, Bananarama or whatever, tropical whatever, you know? And she's like, got this little bitty bottle, you know, and it just has oil, oil, coconut oil in it, you know? And, right. and they don't get it. They don't get it. They don't know. They just don't. And so it's weird to me that, that there's so many people that don't know some of this stuff. I'm glad we're talking about how, how, all of these things work and work together and how our body's so efficient and things because there's some people that are sitting at home in their little flower fields listening to us. Yay! And they totally get it. And there's probably the other half going, really? You guys don't use sunscreen? Yeah. I mean, you know, yeah. I mean. Well, and that's, you know, Dana, that can be a really up. That can be a really upsetting subject for people too, especially people that are prone to melanomas and things like that. You know, um, they get very panicked when, you know, you mention things about sunscreen, but people really have forgotten the power of food and mm. its ability to protect the skin. You know, I know, Andrea, you do a lot with seasonal foods and talking about that and the new research that's coming out about all the foods that we would eat, you know, in, in abundance in the times that we would be in the sun exposure, the red raspberries, the, the coconut, the, you know, the fish and all these things actually have, an ability to protect the skin. And, and you know, I, that's really in my, I hope that that is the, the sun care, skin care for the future. You know, and a lot of people that have melanomas, I, people that come to me, I always tell them, make absolutely certain that you've checked for nutrient deficiencies because they've yeah. also proven that those make melanomas, uh, you know, a greater propensity. So there's such a bigger picture than just sunscreen. You can't just say, yeah. you know, you have people that are wearing SPF, you know, 125, which, you know, anyone who knows about sunscreen is going to chuckle at, but, and they still get melanomas. And you, you try yeah. to very gently say to them, you have to ask why you're still getting the melanoma when you're wearing the iron curtain over your face, you know. Right. It's, you know, you've got to go, you've got to go deeper than that, you know what I mean? So it's, it's very cool. So tell us, Andrea, I'd love to hear just one quick thing because your story is very unique. You have, uh, you had in the past a combination of Graves and Hashimoto's and hyper and hypo at the same time. People well, get never, very confused about this. Oh, yeah. Well, I, I was never diagnosed with Graves, but I was diagnosed with hyper, hypo, and Hashimoto's. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. So that's mm-hmm. what I wanted you to, to point out to people was, and I do know that, that people can have Graves and Hashimoto antibodies at the same time. Absolutely. So, you know, everybody thinks they fall on one side of the spectrum or another, and it, it oftentimes can be in a combination, and you rarely, you know, you don't ever see that usually. So that was, you know, something that was a really cool point with you. So tell us about juicing. Tell us about <laughs> juicing and how that affects and is good and, you know, 
you know, how juicing in the thyroid works? Well, you know, it's interesting. For especially for hypothyroid people, you know, hypothyroid is your the thyroid's not getting enough iodine, it's not producing enough thyroid hormone, right? So it's constantly the brain is constantly telling the thyroid, okay, up the ante, come on, more thyroid hormone. So what happens is with juicing, so many people are juicing kale, cruciferous vegetables, broccoli sprouts, you know, all of the 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 plants from the brassicaceae family, which are wonderful, wonderful plants. This is cauliflower, kale, broccoli, collard greens, um, you know, the radishes. They're all part of that, that same family. And when we're juicing them, we're not destroying their anti-nutrient properties that inhibit the uptake of iodine into the thyroid. So these are fabulous foods, but they're traditionally cooked. And they're cooked with maybe some fat, maybe some salt. It's only in modern times that we are juicing cruciferous vegetables. So one of the problems is that people will start juicing, and they're like, I'm doing the best thing for my body. This is fantastic. And in the beginning, they feel amazing. And they feel amazing because they've lightened up the load on the digestive system. They've given the liver a little bit of a break. They've given the intestines a break, right? So they're feeling lighter. But within a few months, sometimes even weeks, they'll begin to feel cold. They'll feel sluggish, bloated. Um, they, they're gaining weight, and they don't know why. They're like, I'm just juicing, or I'm having a smoothie for breakfast. Why am I not, not losing weight? Why am I gaining weight? And that's because they've probably slowed their thyroid. You know, I, I had a client who actually gave herself hypothyroidism by doing exactly that. Every morning, a smoothie, mm-hmm. a frozen smoothie with kale and spinach and strawberries, right? And she would throw mm-hmm. maca in there. And all, maca is also goitrogenic. You know, it's one of the cruciferous vegetables. And people are like, maca, maca this. It's great for your endocrine system. I yeah. know, right? <laughs> oh, my gosh. When I saw that, I was like, oh, my gosh. And it was on a lot of big thyroid sites. And I'm yeah. thinking, yeah, exactly. Yes, I'm so glad that you brought that up. You know, it's, uh, yeah. Anyways, anyways, keep going. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. Yeah, like I think that those foods are fantastic. All the cruciferous vegetable family foods, they're wonderful because they actually – there's a, a two-phase process that happens in the liver for detoxification. You have the first phase, which is the fat-soluble toxins are being turned into water-soluble and being transferred down to the kidney, right, for, to be excreted. So the cruciferous vegetables specifically help with that sec- second function within the liver, right, the liver detoxification. But again, traditionally, these foods were cooked. They were never eaten raw. Right? Mm-hmm. It's only since the 1980s that we were having, oh, to have a vegetable crudite at the party, raw cauliflower, raw broccoli, right? It's better for you. And then the whole raw foods craze. So what happens is people will start this raw foods craze, and all of a sudden their hair is falling out, and they don't know why. Right? Why is my hair falling out? And their mm-hmm. hair could be falling out because their adrenals and their kidneys are exhausted, and that mm-hmm. will eventually lead to thyroid disease or to a hypothyroid condition. So we have, you know, there's so many ways that you can get a thyroid condition. And then when it comes to, like, Hashimoto's and Graves, which are both autoimmune, which means that they are more digestive. You have to look into the digestive system because it's, it's not the thyroid that's out of balance. It's actually the digestive system whenever you have an autoimmune condition. So there's so many things to look at. So if somebody is eating or juicing all day long, and I'm, I, like I said, I'm a fan of juicing. I do, like, every spring I'll do a, a, either a juice cleanse or a fast every spring. But then guess what? I stop juicing and I eat real food. 
Right, and I don't juice. I do not juice cruciferous vegetables. It'll be carrots, beets, ginger, garlic, parsley. Right, there are other things that we can juice, but we're like kale. Put the kale in the smoothie. Put the kale in the juice because it's supposed to be. Well, not only that, but they they juice a whole slew of them at once. Yeah, I see it all the time where women have actually created a thyroid situation with this healthy juicing uh, habit. You know, and men men the big top thing. That, that creates problems that I have seen is peanut butter. You wow. Know, um, I have had f- five men that did not need to go on thyroid medication when they, you know, just r- removing a lot of their peanut butter habit because men love peanut butter for whatever reason, you know. Wow. Um, but it's amazing. They don't just put a handful of spinach in with the ginger and the celery and the cilantro. They do the broccoli, the kale, cabbage. I mean, they make literally a goitrogen smoothie. It's, it's very, you're <laughs> like, know. ouch, you know, you're listening and you're going, ouch, that, you know, how do you feel? You know, because people right. can vary. You know, a lot of people talk about the myth, Andrea, of goitrogens, and Dana knows that I'm a, I'm a, big, uh, I'm a big stinker on that subject. They are not a myth. So, <laughs> you know, um, that, that is my experience anyways, and I'm sure there's people, you know, if you're a little bit on the hyper side, there are some people that actually can feel better with goitrogens in a juice, but not, not if you're on a sluggish thyroid program, then you're going to feel like, you know, you're, you're going to be looking for a, a, a coffin at Costco when you're walking by. You know, I mean, it's, you're, you're going to feel so bad, you're going to feel like you're dying. And it's yeah, just people don't understand that. Totally. Yeah. But and it's also, healthy. Yeah, but right. it's healthy, they say. Right. <laughs> right. Right. It's healthy modern, modern health. Yeah, modern it, it, health, it doesn't right. make any sense. It, it just doesn't make any sense. Like I always tell people, how did traditional people cook that food? Or how did indigenous people cook that food? Because, right. you know, humans have been putting fire to food for a long time, and we've also been eating raw foods for a long time. So there were things, foods that were traditionally cooked, and then there were foods that were eaten raw. So, for example, another, another trend that I see all the time is the raw sprouted grains and the raw sprouted nuts. This is, this is again, this is a modern thing. We're like, oh, it's, it's raw, right. it's sprouted, it's got all the enzymes. Well, newsflash, human beings don't use any plant enzymes to digest food. None, zero. A human being will not use a plant enzyme to digest food. We use our own. We use protease, lipase, amylase. We have a whole slew of enzymes that help us digest food. So we don't actually I use. love this woman, Dana. I love this woman. <laughs> I know you do. I know you do. Sing it, sister. Sing it. <laughs> oh, God, we're so crazy. We're just crazy. That's what, I, that's what I come to the conclusion that we've lost our minds. We have. You know? Yeah, we Partially, get, we get we have. in science. Yeah. Well, we get stuck in the science and we've forgotten to consult nature. Okay, mm-hmm. this is this is, you know, this is literally my own philosophy, but there are times of the year when we're supposed to eat things. Yeah. There are also amounts that nature tells us, "Hey, I'm hard to grow. You don't see a lot of me, so maybe you're not supposed to eat a whole ton of it." By this whole, you know, commercial farming and everything, we have lost mm. touch with our food and what it's told us to do with it. If you grab by and you walk a kale plant and you you take off a a piece of it, and I put kale in soup all the time. If you grab a piece of it and put it in your mouth, you're like, holy cow, that's bitter, okay? Yep. So maybe the plant's saying, I might be a little tastier if you cooked me, you know, or <laughs> exactly. the fact that oranges and lemons and all of these citrus are prolific before winter time, before yes. you might get sick. They're, 
you know, they're, they absorb sunshine, and, and, you know, if you just look at it from an essential oil perspective, they allow the sun to absorb into the body and do different things in the summer. So, yes. I mean, seasonal foods are like, they're, we have lost touch with what the food and herbs and plants and everything have, were able to traditionally tell us. They told That's us exactly what to right. do. Yes, I'll give you a great I example. Wonder. Okay, do you have to say something? I was just going to say, so, you know, we can sidebar this for, for after you finish your thought, but I was going to say, I wonder what the statistics are to chronic disease and things like that, to the inception of, of grocery food stores, mm. you know, to the oh. to the supermarket, you know? Because oh, I'm sure that it was huge, that, probably. Not just, your local little, not just your local little thing where you could get odds and ends of things. I'm talking about, you know, mass produce of shipping a pineapple. You know, they pick it before it's even right, and they put this coating on it to keep it from ripening right. so fast, and right, they right. ship it 3,000 miles and blah, 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 and it finally ripens off the vine, you know, and so people can eat it when it's not in season, right? It's, it makes no sense to me anymore. Yeah. It used to, of course, right? Okay, so I was just thinking, I wonder what, you know, if there are any statistics to, to say how sick we've gotten once we started doing this with grocery stores and things. So that's my thought for later. We can talk about that. But go ahead. Sorry. No, yeah, that's, that's a great thought. And that's actually, I'll talk about that. Like, I was going to give you a great example of, it's like, I live in a temperate climate. Um, and you're down in Costa Rica, and where is Tiffany? Joshua Tree. Oh, in Joshua. So you're in uh, in. I'm in, stuck Arizona? in the desert. <laughs> She's in the <laughs> desert. Okay. So I'm in a temperate climate, and I'm here in New York. And in the springtime, the first foods that come up out of the ground are parsley, parsley the herb, and dandelion greens. Now, wow. dandelion greens are extremely nutritious for the liver. They're alternative herbs. They're, they help the detoxification uh, process, right? They, they also, dandelion will also uh, start the production and release of bile. It helps to support that. So the parsley, by the way, is also great for the kidneys. So now remember I was talking about that two-step process of um, uh, the liver transferring the fat-soluble toxins into water-soluble toxins to be excreted by the kidneys. So these two organ systems work, like our entire body's working together, but these two organ systems are working as a, detoxif- a detoxification program for your body. And the herbs naturally come up at the right time of the year to help you release in this area where I live. From a cold winter time where we've been eating lots of fats and meats and salt, right, heavy, rich food throughout the winter to stay strong for where I am. And then in the springtime, these are the first two things that come up out of the ground, and they help to detoxify those organ systems that have been working hard all winter long, helping support, right, with all the proteins and all the fats and all that stuff. So in the supermarket, I won't see dandelion greens, or sometimes like in the Whole Foods, I'll see dandelion greens. But most people don't know when they grow because they're in the supermarket, so they'll eat them all year round, but they may not be appropriate for all year round. They may not be appropriate for the middle of summertime, or they may not be appropriate for deep in the heart of wintertime. Just like watermelon, I could find in the supermarket at any time of the year, but the best time for watermelon here in New York is July and August. Right, so the right. It comes later. Yes, yes, totally. And that watermelon is going to be naturally cooling to my body. It has all the, the beta carotene that I need to protect my skin from the sun, Right. It, it, you know, because that also helps with the uptake of vitamin D as well. So right. you, there's, 
There's so many things, but we have no idea what is growing at what time of the year because we live in abundance. And that abundance has actually not been confused us. Yes, because nobody yes. knows, well, what do I eat? What's in season? They have no clue because everything's available have all no the time. Yes. Right, and even the transference of geographic food has caused us problems, mm-hmm. you know, where... You know, like Dana was saying, there's the skin and different things in Costa Rica is going to be different than someone that's sitting smack in the middle of Ireland. You know, that's it's, right. their foods are going to be different. The requirements are going to be different. And mm-hmm. God only knows that what that has done to the digestive system and leaky gut and everything else where the, you know, the body is saying. I think Dr. Hyman talks a little bit about that where I think he gets into geographic foods where, you know, the body's saying, well, I've gone generations and generations and generations and never seen this. Yep. whoa, I'm not sure what to do with this. You know what I mean? Well, yeah, it weakens the uh, integrity of the cells. So Hyman is right. It weakens, you know, like if you're eating foods from all over the place and they're not in harmony with your physical body and where your physical body lives, there'll be a weakening of the actual structure. You know, it's, uh, it's like a loss of integrity. So I've seen in a lot of people that eat out of season a lot of candida, a lot of digestive stuff because that mm. ileocecal valve has been damaged from right. being so weak, right, eating stuff that's not available, you know, all the time. So, you know, I, I think that, that we're coming upon a, a new wave of understanding. The fact that, you know, Dr. Hyman is a doctor and he's open to this kind of stuff and, and you have Dr. Frank Lippman and you have a whole bunch of doctors that are coming to the a forefront. A of them. Yes, because they see they see what's going on. They see what's happening with their patients. They're like, something's not right in this, in this, uh, this scenario that we've created or this healthcare system that we've created. It's it just, it's not working. Right, and so many of them learned that from experience. I know Dr. Yes. Hyman had his own health problems, and he's looking at these patients and going, you know, I came in here to heal people. I didn't, I didn't right. come to, and I'm not healing. I can't even heal myself right now. And then they realize that there, there's a fundamental prompt, uh, premise that's being, you know, it's being passed. It, we're, missing, we're missing the basis of illness, which is that original uh, body's ability to deal with what, what it gets presented with. And I, I think the future of medicine, I mean, for me, I know, you know, we live in such an age where everyone's so angry with their doctors, but I'm, like, excited. Dana knows I'm excited because we're embarking on the, on the age of a whole new paradigm of conventional medicine, and it's going to be yes. very cool. <laughs> yes, and I think Dr. Wheel has a place out in Arizona or near Joshua Tree, right? I think so, yes. He's another one. I mean, he, he yep. he's like the, you know, um, what do you want to he's call like, it, the father of trying to merge natural and conventional <laughs> yes. medicine. I mean, he really yeah. is a pioneer. Yeah, I agree. Very much so. Yeah. Oh, we're coming up on good times. Life is good, girls. Life is it good. Is. <laughs> yes, it is. It I want is. you to. Um, I want you to. I have a couple questions for you, if you don't mind, because I mean, I could just go off on so many tangents, thinking that you know we've gotten so far away. Here I here I go. We've gotten so far away of from from how our bodies work, where we live, what what works for us, season. You know, just all of it. You know, I was even thinking as you were talking, I was, I was sitting here thinking, and taste and what you prefer, and convenience. So, like, here you have these kids who have all these, you know, let's say a four-year-old, and he's and he has all these options at the grocery store, and so the mom buys what he likes, right, and will eat. Well, if right. you live someplace and you don't, 
have all these choices of fruity pebbles and whatever. You just you just have food and, and, and what's in season and all that, your taste buds would change. And and, yes. and if he sat there and didn't eat for three days, then he's going to start eating something, right? That's so, right. I mean, you would be able to feed your kid or whatever. So, I mean, okay, so now that was my tangent, and now I don't remember the, the real thing I was going to say. Oh, yes, yes, I do. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. Okay. Okay, can you talk a little bit about, I don't know whether you know much about this or not. It's just a question that was thrown out there. Because I know a lot of people are into essential oils. So what is your thought on that? Do you have much to say about it, or you want to skip right past that? No, no, we could talk about essential oils. I think that they're very, very, very strong, so we have to be careful with them. Like I know that, that we're at a place where our bodies are so desensitized that we do need these huge hits. Um, we have to use them uh, softly, you know, like, um, and, and don't use them all the time. So, like, I know a lot of people will... You know, like like I was talking about candida earlier, like they'll get candida or they'll be suffering from the symptoms of candida and they start to have high levels of like thyme oil or oregano oil or something like that. Now, those, they they are antibacterial and not necessarily antifungal, although oregano oil might be antifungal, not as much oregano as garlic. Oregano is antifungal. Yeah, it's antifungal. So if you kill off all the bacteria and all of the fungus, that's not healthy either. So those oils are very, very strong. So we have to keep that in mind, you know, that you don't want to destroy all of the bacteria because then it's it's almost as if you're taking an antibiotic. And you don't want to destroy all of the fungus because we do need candida. We just need to go back into the large intestine, you know. So if, you know, and, and also... Like, I love burning. I love burning essential oils with the water. You know, I put it into a diffuser. Uh But I also know that that if it's on too long and it's too strong, it does damage the nasal passageways because it is so strong. It's, it's, um, you know, anytime that you put anything into the ether, it's going to be absorbed very quickly into the air. It's gaseous. You know, it's going to be absorbed very quickly by the lungs. So if there's a tendency... If there's a tendency toward a low immunity, you may not want to have too much oil diffusing into the air. Because, again, once, you know, now you're going directly into the bloodstream, once you're going from, from the air, the air waves, you're going directly up to five, it's like 5%. Yeah, 5% you take into your bloodstream through inhalation. Yeah. So, you know, like I think that essential oils are great, but we have to remember that they're very strong. They're oh, very balance, strong. And basically. diffusing... Diffusing is safely done 30 minutes on, 30 minutes off. I mean, that's that's the professional standard. You don't want to get a diffuser that's going to diffuse for four hours. Right. And not only that, but, you you know, uh, diffusing essential oils, especially long ones uh, or strong ones for long periods of time, can actually be fairly dangerous for small children and pets. Mm-hmm. So that's a really, uh, you got to be very careful with the pot- you know potency on those. And there are... Uh, essential oils that boost the immune system too. So for some yes. people that is not a good thing. Right. They're, they're not they're not benign. It's not like you can just go to the health food store and get a bunch of essential oils and be safe about it. I've seen a lot of people seriously hurt themselves uh by misusing them. They are very potent along the pharmaceutical they are the pharmaceuticals of the natural world. Yeah. Yeah, cuz they're so strong. They're they're very strong, very potent. Anything, any, any of the oils that are that are beneficial to thyroid health? Because I know I've seen a lot about it, and that's really why I'm asking. Because 
you know, I want to know for me and for the people listening, I mean, I know balance is always key, but is there any one or two or three essential oils that, that do work to help your thyroid or for thyroid health, either way, hypo or hyper, or is it just all balanced and, and you no, need yeah, to there actually you know, work are, with like, someone who... Yeah, like, for example, I, I really love frankincense. And there's a reason why it helps balance the thyroid. Um, frankincense is it's going to be stimulating to your third eye, to your pineal gland. And, you know, this is you're dealing with fifth and sh- sixth chakra and seventh chakra. And when these are, are when the pineal gland and the pituitary and the hypothalamus, when it's all functioning properly, then you're, you know, there's that, um, that feedback loop from, from the, uh, the pituitary gland to the hypothalamus, down to the adrenals, up to the thyroid, right? This is a, a loop that's happening inside the system where the whole, all the hormones are talking to each other. And a lot of times we can get congested in our third eye, in our wisdom chakra, right? This is the, the point from Ayurvedic medicine and the ancient healers. This is the point between the eyes that helps you see without looking. It's your inner wisdom. So if that's congested or blocked, from, let's say, watching too much television, seeing too much crap in the world. Um, you know, drugs will block the third eye. Fluoride, you know, the, um, when we have too much fluoride, it actually calcifies the third eye. It calcifies the pineal gland. And when I say third eye, I'm talking about the pineal gland. So, right. yeah, so I think that frankincense is wonderful for opening and stimulating third eye. Um, you know, that inner wisdom. And a lot of people use it for thyroid stuff. Um, and as far as the other ones, I'm not so sure. I know there's a couple that are really great for thyroid, hypothyroid. I, I don't know about the ones that are for hyperthyroid, but I would think that the calming, the calming essential oils, the grounding essential oils would be great for hyperthyroid. You well, know, lavender, you know, lavender, lavender. is pretty well studied with uh, reducing cortisol levels and reducing anxiety. I mean, that's that's very well studied. And the only thing is when you get into, um, you know, uh, essential oils, you want to be careful that there aren't nutrient deficiencies because when you yeah. stimulate the thyroid in a situation where there are nutrient deficiencies, you can actually feel a heck of a lot worse. Yeah. So you are, in essence, stimulating the thyroid, but what if the thyroid is sluggish due to something where there's a lacking mineral or lacking uh, iron or B12 or, you know, something that's preventing, you know, uh, that's one, one thing I think there's so many people that don't feel well in thyroid medication because the thyroid became sluggish for a reason. That's exactly Whether right. Whether there was something to do in that beautifully smart body that said, we can't ramp up metabolism right now because we slow down on purpose for the protection of the person. That's exactly right. So a lot of times when we try to trick that and go over that, whether it's essential oils or medication or anything else, we can create a whole world of other problems. Oh, That's yeah. why it's so important to go after the root cause and make sure that, you know, um, you know so I think supplementary the use of essential oils for, for thyroid problems, supplementary is a good thing, but not necessarily, you know, as a direct intention of stimulating the thyroid. We've got to be careful with putting that kind of information out there because people can feel worse. I've seen it happen multiple times with, oh, yeah. you know, people that misuse essential oils and get themselves into a whole host of problems. Yeah, and, you know, it's interesting because you're talking about the nutrient deficiencies. One of the deficiencies... For people that are suffering with hypothyroid 
is a sleep deficiency, meaning they're not getting oh. adequate rest for the amount of, and it's nutrition. When we sleep, we're, we're giving our, our cells real nutrition, you know, like detoxifying and rejuvenating. Right. So, so many people are on constant go. They're just going and going, and I'll do this, and I've got to do that, and I've got to do this. We, you know, we're, we're setting ourselves up in this society that is not fit for human beings. We're setting ourselves up in a society that's on constant go, and it's only fit for robots. You know, and, and we, can't, we, can't, we can't go at that pace. We can't go nonstop without right. proper nutrition, without sleep, without rest, without fun, without, you know, we, there's so many things that we need, and we're just going, 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 and we can't. And so one of the things that I encourage the hypothyroid people is to rest, take a nap. When they're feeling tired, go into the bed and sleep. If you're feeling exhausted and wiped out, listen to your body. You know, like little kids, little babies, they don't question it. They don't say, oh, you know, I, I, I have right. to stay up, right? They're cranky, and the mother goes, this little baby has to go to sleep. Little baby goes into the bed, three seconds later, out like a light. They sleep, they wake up, oh, here I am in the world again, refreshed, happy. And you've got a brand new child. You've got a yes. brand new child when they wake up. You're like, oh, my gosh, what is this? And then they go to bed, and they're like, oh, life is good. And that is so true. Don't we wish we all had that blatant message? Or we listened. We do have the blatant yeah. message. We just don't listen. It's true. It's true. We're, we're on constant go, and it's not normal, and we cannot keep up. And the thyroid is slowing down for a reason. It's saying, stop, stop, oh. rest. Don't, don't take on another project. Don't take on another thing. Hang out yeah. in the flower fields for a while. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> do your, do your aromatherapy to... through inhalation in the flower fields. Now that's you're talking. right. <laughs> right? I love that. I love that. Okay, well, um, let's, I want to talk a little bit about, um, you know, overdoing it, like you were saying, and society and things, and, and, and let's go a little bit into to exercise, because you know, that really affected me, and I know you, I know there's an article or two that you, that you wrote, actually one on Thyroid Nation, um, I have on Thyroid Nation too, but, but tell us a little bit about your thoughts on over-exercising, or just exercising when you have thyroid, you know, issues. Well, it depends on the thyroid condition, you know, like, so for example, we, we don't have balanced exercise generally. Generally, people will just do the same exercise over and over and over and over again, whether it's running or the Stairmaster or the whatever it is, and they don't do rejuvenative exercises. So if you look at cultures around the world, um, there was a series of cardiovascular things that they did naturally, and then there was a stretching, opening, relaxation exercises. So, like, look at Qigong, uh, Tai Chi, uh, yoga, right? All of these are rejuvenative exercises, and those are, those are meant to bring energy back into the body because when you're doing cardiovascular, you're expending energy. So what happens is when someone's trying to lose weight, and I see this all the time, they will work out, 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 run, 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 until they run themselves into the ground. And then when they do that, of course the thyroid's going to stop. It's going to slow down. It's going to say, no, I, I can't. My adrenals are exhausted. I'm fatigued. I'm going to slow down. You know, I had a, a hyper, hyperthyroid gal who was running, 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 running all the time, but she was actually burning out her adrenals, even though she was mm-hmm. hyperthyroid. So for her, especially because she was so hyper, one of her things was to actually relax and sit in meditation and breathe and learn how to retrain her body so that it slows down. 
so that it says, no, I don't have to be on constant go. Like some people can handle that. Their adrenals are very strong. They get, you know, they can just keep going and going and going until the, you know, they get to that final wipeout, right? They don't, they don't slow down until they, the kidneys and the adrenals go, you know what, I'm, I'm out of this body. Addison's disease, here you go. <laughs> but, you know, like, <laughs> so we have to start to listen that there has to be both rejuvenative and cardiovascular. And if your bones are hurting, then don't exercise. You, that means you need to do a liver cleanse. You need to really get the toxins out of the system. If you have rheumatoid arthritis, you know, a lot of times with, um, with thyroid conditions, you'll have an arthritic condition underlying. Sometimes it's osteoarthritis. Sometimes it's rheumatoid arthritis as well as bone loss in the form of osteoporosis. And I see this a lot as well because the endocrine system is connected to our skeletal system. Right? They, they found that out about 12 years ago. They used to think it was separate, but they know today that hormones, you're, you're making your hormones right. also as well in the bones. So if somebody's running, 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 they think, oh, well, I'm, I'm doing good for my joints. I'm doing good for my bones. They could actually be damaging their endocrine system if they're running too much. Well, and a lot of people who exercise a lot, uh, Andrew, just to inter- interject a little bit, um, if you have low iron levels, which so many hypothyroids do, you know, exercising actually will deplete iron levels. You have to be very careful. And I've seen a lot of people actually with excess, you know, exercise for that particular person. Like you said, everybody's got a different, uh, you know, go rate, but uh, can also deplete magnesium significantly. Mm -hmm. I mean, so there's, you know, it's it's that careful balance and per person, um, you know, evaluation. But, uh, you know, the iron thing is huge. And feeling mm. worse. I mean, Dana was a go, 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 and, and um, you know, you could probably talk better about that, Dana, but, you know, then all of a sudden you start, instead of being exhilarated after you exercise, you start feeling totally tuckered out. And mm. there's so many people that will still keep plugging through that, yep. waiting for this miraculous, you know, I'm going to feel like Christy Brinkley if I keep doing this, but right. I'm exercising and I feel, you know, like Snoopy on the top of the house. Oh. And, you know, the body is clearly saying, I can't do this. I can't yes. do this. You've got to listen to me. I can't do this. But yet, you know, we in this day and age just keep plugging right through it and, and choose to ignore that because exercising is supposed to be so healthy. Again, that and, whole perspective thing of what and, is healthy. Right. And, and you just don't know. Some people just don't know. Like, it wasn't ever discussed, you know, to me or, you know, and I just wasn't, listening to my body and then I wasn't really paying attention and, and there wasn't five years ago so much people talking about you need you know balance as much as there is now you know what I mean it's a little bit more mainstream as far as you know hey maybe this hardcore exercise isn't the way to go kind of thing but for me you know I was I was a Zumba instructor and what's so weird is that and I love it and I will go back to it at some point I, you know they have all different kinds water Zumba and all kinds of stuff Aqua Zumba, and um, but I was go go go, and I liked it so much. It was so fun for me, and so I thought, how can this be bad for me? But then after mm, I would right. finish class, I would feel dead, oh, and I yeah. so wasn't listening to my body, and I wasn't really understanding the connection or or whatever. I wasn't understanding that my body really needed the rest. So that when I did finally make my own decision to stop teaching, um, my I lost five pounds in like three weeks. Good for you. I mean, I wasn't trying to. I was just, 
just by relaxing. Yes, yeah, Santa, that was just by I relaxing. I haven't even done yoga. Just giving the body a break. Wow. That's exactly yeah. right. You know, and and so and I do love it, and I did love it so much, so I wasn't really, you know, that's one of the things I think people have a problem with is maybe they just love running or they love what they're doing. So they don't want to listen. They're not listening, mm. right? And I wasn't listening. I'm the perfect example. I wasn't listening, nor was anybody telling me, but I wasn't listening to my own body mm. and because I loved it so much. But sometimes you just, you got to, you just got to stop. And, and I, you Take know, some people may not be, <laughs> yes, some people may not need to lose weight. It's just your body needs to heal or maybe your body doesn't need to go so hard, you know. So people just need to listen to their body, right? I mean, I wasn't listening. Yeah, Donna, that's very, very wise. Because we we don't listen. Like we, we hear the outside voices that say, oh, you must exercise five to seven times per week or you must eat this or that food or whatever it is. And we don't listen to what our own physical body is saying, what our own digestive system is saying. You know, we, we, we haven't been taught to connect to ourselves. It's, um, it's a wisdom that's been lost over the past few hundred years, right? We've been taught to listen to everybody else except our own physical, emotional spiritual self so we get lost we get lost we follow the latest trend wisdom that's been lost i love that that is such yeah. a profound sentence right there we we did we lo- we lost you know our own innate wisdom for ourselves yeah andrea tell us a little bit about paleo and vegan diets and and thyroid disease and how those apply and and how you work with with people with in that situation well, uh, you know, like these diets are interesting because every, you know, every 10 years we get a new diet that comes, right? Or every right. 20 years we get a new <laughs> diet fad. And so the extreme diets are the ones that can be sometimes the most damaging, the ones that are the extreme where they completely remove uh, an entire, um, uh, like, food type of food. food. group. So for, right. Yeah, totally gone, completely gone. So, like, for example, with veganism. Now, veganism can be an amazing way to cleanse your body. Amazing. And, but if you look at traditional societies, there was no actual vegan society anywhere in the line of human. human there was vegetarians. There was pescatarians, right, people, fish-eating people. Um, but there was no vegan societies. So we have this modern phenomenon of veganism. And what I've discovered and what some of the doctors that I work with discover is that they go into a state of pernicious anemia or um, some, their, their body will start to eat their own muscle tissue, right? They'll get like this weakness, this deep weakness that happens. Or the adrenals, they'll suffer with adrenal fatigue because they've taken out an entire food system, right, an entire uh, category of food. And, mm-hmm. and like I said, veganism is an amazing cleanse. It's a great way to cleanse and clear the body because animal foods are building. But, again, you have to listen. If your hair is falling out, if your muscles are so weak or your bones are starting to, you know, to break down, then you have to use builders. You have to use fats, animal proteins, all the things that are traditional, bone stocks, amazing, amazing food that was taken out of the human diet, you know, when, when women went back into the, when they went into the workforce in the 1930s, uh, they stopped cooking. And one of the things that was right. cooking on the stove was traditional bone stock, right? We would cook bones soup. for long periods of time. Right. Yes, soup. <laughs> right? Soup and stews. Yes, totally. <laughs> and it was made with the bones of animals, which are so nourishing. And 
So then you look at paleo. Paleo is on the opposite side. So I've had lots of people that have done paleo, and in the beginning they're like, wow, I feel fantastic. And then something happens and they crash their energy tanks and they don't know why. Because they've, many of them, not all of them, but many of them have eliminated carbohydrates. Goodbye carbohydrates. Like carbohydrates, just throw them away. So an interesting thing <laughs> to know is that the mitochondria, which are the, the powerhouse, this is how your cells get energy, the mitochondria, what they eat is glucose. They eat sugar. There's a reason why your liver stores sugar. There's a reason why they, we have all of these sugar. Your pancreas is making sure that it's producing insulin to push sugar into the cells. There's a reason why. So when they take out completely all carbohydrates, then the liver has to go through the process of trans, you know, trying to transmutate proteins and fats into glucose, which is going to take you know, like 27 steps as opposed to, well, they have maybe some starchy vegetables or maybe some, some whole grains, you know, or something that's been in the food supply for thousands of years. But in the paleo world, they've eliminated, like, my gosh, you know, like, I, I, it, how did anybody in the world live? Like, like they say, oh, n- nobody can eat bread. and Nobody can eat, really? Really, nobody can right. eat starches? You know, like, really? What about all of the Italians and the Chinese and the Japanese? What about the French, for God's sakes? You know, with the croissants, what about all of these people that have eaten starches for thousands of years healthfully? So whenever there is an extreme where they take out an entire food category, I always question and I say it's not balanced. They're not balanced. So the mitochondria is not being fed, and that's one of the reasons why their energy tanks. And another reason why on paleo their energy will tank is because the liver and the, the kidney become burdened with detoxification. So proteins and fats have to be broken down. And they have to be mm-hmm. stored. So if you're having excessive amounts of protein and fat, your liver is going to be working its little tail off. It's going to be working and 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 not getting a break. And then the kidneys are going to be – so, you know, like a lot of times and, – and you see it in um, – is it the CrossFit world where they eat very, very high protein and then they go into this yeah. – this, this, I think it's a kidney disease that they get or something like that? I'll have to I'll Yeah, have to people can – I think I think that's right. I have read uh, a little bit about that with the uh, burst, uh, not burst training, but uh, CrossFit. Mm-hmm. Something happens where the, their kidneys are, are are not functioning well, or the the muscle fascia starts to break down because it's extreme. It's extreme. We have to be more balanced. Right, and when we I see it happen where people remove food groups and then they have nutrient deficiencies yes. that were prolific within that food group that all of a sudden. You know, so they may have addressed one particular situation but created another. You know, I had a a gentleman from the military who came and saw me at the farmer's market, and we were talking, his wife had sent him out, and, um, you know, really high energy. I believe he was, you know, probably special ops. They don't usually offer that information, but you can tell by workout regimens and things like that. And he's like, I just have no gas whatsoever. Mm. So we started talking, talking, talking. Anyways, he had gone paleo because it was so healthy. So this mm. is like, you know, 25 minutes in talking, and, and finally I said, you got to add, you know, you got to add carbs. You're, you're burning yep. and burning and burning, and you're not replacing anything. That's you know, right. when we got into the whole healthy, and I, you know, healthy is perspective. Healthy is perspective on the person. It's it just, that's such a simple concept that so many people just, they can't wrap their head around it. It's It's very sad, you know, being able to really, 
you know, what's healthy for one person may not necessarily be the best thing for another person. Right. And you know what? It goes back to listening to yourself. So do paleo, do veganism, do whatever you need to do. And if you're feeling great in the beginning, fantastic. And then if you feel a shift, know that it's time to change. Time to incorporate something new, something, you know, that's outside of that little diet that you're on. Um, you know, just like what you told that guy to incorporate carbohydrates, wow, he's, he's probably going to be feeling better in three seconds, right? As soon as it goes You know, I had to giggle, though, because he was really, he had really was so very well studied on paleo and the health benefits and everything. He couldn't hear me. And then mm. so finally, I, you know, his wife was standing there right next to him, and I said, okay. I could tell he couldn't hear me, and I said, well, let me tell you something about you. I said, so about an hour, an hour and a half after you eat, you get really snappy, start snapping at people, feel like you need to sit down. And I went through this whole slew of thing, and his wife's eyes got about the size of a quarter. And she looked at him, and he looked it back at her, and he goes, okay, I'll try adding some more carbohydrates. And I was like, oh, bingo! Funny. <laughs> <laughs> you know, nailed it! You know, but, I mean, it was funny because he just, you know, he was so wrapped around the health benefits, which there can be a lot. Yeah. But, you know, like you said, you can do that for a certain period of time or do the veganism for a certain period of time. Some people go 20-some years. Yeah. Other people can go, you know, two weeks and feel like they're dying. But it's it's that whole registration within oneself that that's that's a very cool tool that we're just not you know not utilizing a lot of the time. Yeah. Dan, are you still there? She I'm went in out my for flower it. field. I'm in my I don't flower hear any. field. <laughs> in her flower field, eating a croissant. <laughs> I am. Oh my God, no, you know, Andrea! When she connected, she all I could hear were birds. You know, because Dan and I are on for a few minutes beforehand, making sure everything's clear, connection and everything. All I could hear were these loud, massive birds. And I said, oh, my gosh. Wow. <laughs> it's well, like and so now I'm in this room. I'm in this room, and I'm all cooped up. I got the door shut so my kids won't bother me. And I got the windows closed so nobody can hear the birds. And it's stuffy <laughs> in here. And so I'm trying to just be in my little flower field. I can hear the birds still, but nobody else can. Thank goodness. So, um, I wanted to, to just um, to just kind of go off a little bit here and tell you a little bit about what I'm going through. Uh, Tiffany and I were talking earlier, and, and it's kind of crazy because, you know, I have my Hashimoto's and I have my adrenal fatigue and nutrient deficiencies and hormonal imbalances. I'm just a real pleasure to be around sometimes, but... <laughs> I um I live in Costa Rica and I um I have this doctor who's put me on compounded T three T four and she called me in the prescription and the pharmacy called me on Tuesday and said yeah <laughs> well we're not going to be able to um, make your <laughs> medicine <laughs> until Why? after Semana Santa because we don't have, you know, what we need, and next week is Holy Week. And oh, wow. so, so, so you don't have to pay for it today. You can wait until we've made it, which will be, you know, in 14 days. Mm. Like, okay, well, so what do I do when I run out in two days? And they're like, oh, yeah, Puerto Vida. Pura Vida. the thing here. <laughs> they're like, yeah, well, you know, like, Right? Mm. (laughs) And so, you know, my point is in saying that is that 
there's just no way I'm on these groups, I'm on these pages, I'm on these boards, I'm listening, and I'm trying to absorb it all. And basically, we say it all the time, but I don't know if we say it enough because I'm not sure people are hearing it or are listening. We are all unique. We are all yeah. going through our own thing at our own time. Like if I got on, on a, a group right now, let's pretend, and I said, oh, my God, I'm out of my medicine, what do I do? Well, the people would just be so kind and so wonderful, and they'd be jumping on with information, right? But nobody knows the whole picture. Nobody knows what I need, what I'm missing, what I'm lacking. And, and the whole point to Fire Nation Radio and having you on and all that is for people to spread, raise awareness so that we can listen. You know, mm-hmm. everybody is different. Each person is different. When you go paleo, you go autoimmune paleo because, you know, you need it, and it works for you, just like you said. And then when it stops working for you, don't just stay on it. Right. Don't just do that. Don't just keep going with your, your new exercise routine, because in the beginning it felt great, but now you're it's terrible. You know, you just have to listen, and each person is totally different. Yes. And we, and we need to really, I don't know, somehow get back to that. We've missed listening to ourselves and to me, that's the central message for today anyway, uh, is, is really just listening to yourself, right? I mean, mm-hmm. it's it's amazing that what you can learn if you'll stop and listen to what your body's saying. Pay attention. You yeah. know, one thing I wanted to point out, too, that, that um, you know, Andrea, you don't talk a whole lot about supplements. Here's your whole food. But one thing I saw yesterday that is really heartbreaking and unfortunately becoming more and more common is the removal or the restriction of whole foods for supplements. Mm. And I had a lady who has been in very good health. She's, you know, very namaste, wonderful yogini, the whole nine yards, um, going through a ton of uh, bone pain that's new and everything's been ruled out. uh, And she came uh, and wanted my thoughts. And what she had done recently after her husband passed was she was, and she had this phenomenal garden. Oh, my gosh, Andrew, you would just die. I mean, just gorgeous. Mm. And uh, we used to supply her the goat poop <laughs> for her garden because we have goats, <laughs> and we feed them only alfalfa so it doesn't sprout and create grass. And anyways, that's how we met, uh, through goat poop. Um, <laughs> a shout-out there <laughs> to her. But anyways, um but so she recently, her husband had passed, and so she was going, you know, listening to all of these turmeric supplements and or turmeric, however you pronounce it, and all these different pills. And I, I said, you know, the the man that was with her, he said, oh my gosh, I'm so glad that you brought that up because I said, okay, you have you started any new supplements, any new herbs, mm. any new foods, any new restaurants? Like you know, a lot of people will cook grass fed you know, beef in soybean oil. So for some people, mm-hmm. you're thinking, you're going into the restaurant thinking, fabu, right, grass-fed beef, and they cook it in soybean oil. So you can end up, for certain people, you know, having adverse reactions to that. So we right. sat there and did all that. And when I brought up the supplements, he said, you nailed it, because she's taking handfuls of supplements mm. where she used to cook and do all of this amazing food and get all the beautiful essential oils through the herbs that were in the foods and the parsleys and the cilantros and the, you know, all of these things, and she had shifted it out for a handful of pills. And that's just so disheartening. You know, I mean, cooking Mm. is so very therapeutic 
you know, I always say the the traditional aromatherapy is through cooking. You I mean when you're smelling the cinnamon baking and the, you know, you are inhaling all those amazing scents. You're technically diffusing through cooking. Yeah, it's you true. know, and it's just very sad. I don't know if you see that a lot, where people come to you with a lot of health problems that have switched out these amazing foods for pills. Yeah, and a lot of it has to do with time. You know, like they they don't want to make the time to cook, or they don't haven't you know learned to cook. And we're in a very we're in a society that's a pill popping mentality. You know, pop a pill. You don't have your vitamin D. Pop a pill. You don't have your vitamin C. You have low levels of this. You know, calcium supplementation. Pop a pill. But now, thankfully, um, you know, we're, more and more information is coming to the forefront about supplementation. I'm, I'm, a, I'm not a fan of supplementation. I think that, again, it's an extreme food. And if you're going to do it, you do it for a short period of time, and then you give your body a break. So, like, for example, calcium supplementation. They were telling women to take calcium supplementation for how many years? And uh, now it's linked with breast cancer, higher rates right. of breast cancer, like over 200% higher. So, wow. you know, like, yeah, it's, it's crazy, you know, and, and vitamin D supplements. Everybody's taking vitamin D, and it's, it's upsetting the calcium balance in the body, and it leads to internal bleeding. And the magnesium. And yes. the magnesium. And not only that, but people with newly found joint pain, you know, if they're taking 10,000 IUs or whatever and you tell them to cut back down to 1,000 IUs, I've seen a couple people actually relieve pain yeah. by cutting back on the vitamin D supplementation where everyone's thinking, it's fabulous, right? You're like, oh, wait. Right. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's, it's again, we're in this pill-popping mentality and we don't realize that when you take the one constituent of whatever it is, there's going to be an imbalance yeah. elsewhere. You know, like if you were to um, eat a vitamin D-rich food, right? So, like, let's say sautéed chicken livers with shallots and thyme, right? You're getting your essential oil. You're getting some sulfur ingredients. You're getting vitamin A and B with the butter because you're sautéed in some butter. And you put that on a nice little whole grain baguette or something like that. You're getting so many different elements. You're not just getting vitamin D. You're not just getting vitamin A. You're getting everything to help your body absorb that on a very deep level. So, you know, when we're just looking at pills and we're looking at them like they're going to fix it, and they're not, they can actually make things worse. Synergy, right? Let's flower field for a moment, ladies. Synergy (laughs) in food, in whole food. There's synergy that we don't know. You know, lycopene's great in tomatoes and stuff, but there's also 500 other things. We're not even sure what are in there. That's exactly right. That's right. <laughs> oh. I'm okay, well, um, for a moment well, there. Okay, go ahead. Um, I, I had a question here on the board. Someone wanted you to talk about, if, if you don't mind, table salt versus Himalayan salt. Because I, I already know I have my Celtic sea salt and I'm good. But most a lot of people don't know. Can you talk about it a little bit, Andrea? Well, yeah, table salt, first you have to look at the ingredients because most of the ta- table salt in, like, if you go to the, to the regular supermarket, it contains anti-caking agents, it contains dextrose, it contains a lot of things that you don't actually want in your salt. Uh, we need salt. We have to have salt. Um, salt helps with the peristaltic action in the intestines as well as the contraction of the muscles. It's, we can't live without it. You know, every, we, we need sodium, we need all that stuff, but... The sea salts, which are the traditional salts, are the better quality salts. So, you know, 
whatever sea salt that is naturally harvested and um, naturally dried, that would be the best one. And you'll see because generally they they kind of clump together when it gets warm out because it doesn't have the anti-caking agents to keep it pouring right. separately. You know, also when you have a naturally harvested sea salt, you're getting way more minerals than just sodium chloride. You're getting so much more. You're getting like over 50 little trace minerals, which is fantastic. Right. Now, there's, you know, controversy about which sea salt is the best. Just try one. <laughs> try one. Don't get so caught up in which one is the best. You know, there's even, even salts that come from underground seabeds, you know, like there's some called real salt. There's so many different salts. Just try and get a good one that is naturally processed. You know, and, and it's unfortunate that we have so much crap going on in our world right now in the waters and in the earth and in the, in the air. So just try not to get stuck in the details and just get the best quality salt that you can. And some of, you know, some people are going to want to spend more than others. You know, yep. some people will want a Mediterranean Celtic, you know, but it's extremely pricey, you know. Right. But, it, you know, you get 12, almost 12% mineral content in there where Himalayan runs around 2 to 3. You know, mm. but Himalayan has that wide range where Celtic is, you know, plus, you know minus probably maybe 5 or 6 or 7 uh, trace elements. But, you know, um, and they're really cool, like Celtic. You know, the Celtic um, Mediterranean out of France has, like, this this neat greenish light blue hue to it. It's a really very pretty salt, you know, kind of like the Himalayan has that deep pink. and Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, salt is cool. Yeah, salt is cool, <laughs> and we can't live without it. We you know, can't we can live try. without it. <laughs> yes, they tried. I think it was, like, in the, in the 80s or the 70s where they said, oh, take out salt and use this Mrs. Dash or whatever it was. But, oh, you know, my gosh. Salt, oh, my gosh. Yes, it was or, salt or no free. salt. Oh, gosh, terrible. And then or what spike. happens when we're... Yes, craziness. So then what happens when we take out the salt is we'll have higher rates of edema, and, again, we'll lose the elasticity of our cells and the ability to, con, you know, contract and expand and all that stuff. So we, we, we really We could probably need, do a whole show on salt. Yes. Yes, for sure. A whole, <laughs> a whole show on salt, Dana, because... You know, when people think that salt is so harmful, they're very confused, very yes. confused. Even medicine is very confused about mm -hmm. salt, you know, conventional medicine. But, um, you know, we forget historically the word salary comes from the fact that wages were paid in salt. That's how valuable it was. Absolutely. They knew back then. <laughs> <laughs> you were worth your weight in salt. Right, you were worth your weight. Exactly. There's right? so many stories. There's a book that came out. I want to say like ten or fifteen years ago. It that was, was talking salt. about, huh? It was called Salt. The name of the book was Salt, right? Is that the one you're talking I about? I think so. It was a huge book, and you know, of course, then medicine went on this long thing of, you know, how bad it is. And I always tell people in emergency medicine, your first line of defense in almost every single emergency room in the world is the replacement of electrolytes. Mm. I mean that's mm. just part of the part of the program. <laughs> Replacing right. what, you know, people are restricting or you know, um you know, in these artificial well, not artificial, they're not artificial salts. They're 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 processed and stripped of all of the, yeah. the benefits that help the body deal with the sodium chloride. Yep. That's exactly right. Okay, I have a question. Bring it on, sister. Now we know that Okay, we know that everybody's different, all right? We know. 
Okay, so that's fine. So what works for Andrea does not necessarily work for you. All right, so with that disclaimer, tell me what you're eating today. I want to know. What are you having for lunch? What's what's on the menu? Because, you know, you're, you know, top chef Andrea and, you know, got your own, you know, uh, food show and the whole thing. I want to know. What, what do you eat? Do you really make all this stuff? Because, I mean, it sounds pretty, some of this stuff sounds pretty amazing. So do yeah. you really every day or you know, tell me what you tell me what you eat. We want to know. Okay, well, today, for example, this morning uh, I woke up and uh, I was going to take a walk with my hubby, so I made some oatmeal with some freshly ground cinnamon and freshly ground nutmeg, as well as goji berries, a little bit of fenugreek. You know, fenugreek seeds they help to um, maintain sugar metabolism, as well as uh, normalize the hormones. So, uh, and they're also delicious, <laughs> little fenugreek. Um, and then I put in a little bit of coconut oil and um, mulberries, goji berries, a little bit of yogurt, and that was my breakfast. And then we took a walk, and uh, and we went to we went to brunch, and I had uh, it was two uh, over easy eggs. I didn't make the lunch for us, you know. It was at a restaurant. Two over easy eggs, and it was on top of a sautéed bed of sautéed greens, wild mushrooms some slab bacon, um, and then on the side of that, I had a scone slathered with butter and raspberry jam because it was brunch. <laughs> but I don't normally eat that every so day. So what time is that. dinner, Dana, if we get on a plane? <laughs> yeah, I was thinking the same thing. <laughs> oh, my God, I want this woman in my house. <laughs> yeah, that, that was a good, that was a good one. I'm like, I'm just coming over for breakfast. I mean, who cares? I mean, she had me at cinnamon and goji berries and fennel drink. I mean, she didn't have to move on past that. I was set. Oh, yeah. So we're moving from the flower fields into the kitchen. (laughs) Yes, we are. Yeah, and then for dinner we have some some leftover chicken, so we may may make either a chicken soup or uh, we also have some – some red kidney beans, so maybe we'll make a chili with chicken. I'll have to figure out exactly. And plus I have a lot of greens, dandelion greens, cabbages in the fridge, so maybe I'll make like a pressed salad or something like that, you know, with a horseradish dressing. Something, you know, just easy Sunday. Mm. <laughs> easy okay. Sunday living. So you made you, it. You, 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 go ahead. No, no, go ahead. You made a great point I was about say, you were, women. Oh. <laughs> a great point about women losing uh, a lot of these amazing food and time and smells and and flavors and everything because we're busy. Yeah. What are what are give us a really give us you know two two or three really good nutrient dense. Uh, what would be the best best breakfast lunch or dinner? Whatever you pick, what meal a day? Give us a couple quick for women who are on the run. How do I eat healthy quickly, Andrea? Just a couple quick tips. Well, actually, it's not possible to eat healthy quickly, right? That's what I mean. I mean, like, you know, like if you're in a rush, your cortisol levels are going to go up, your stress hormones are going to go up, so you won't actually be able to digest. If you're eating quickly, like, like okay, i got to get out of the house. You'll be stressed out. You won't be able to to digest that food properly, it'll be stored rather than digested, or you'll get GERD or acid reflux or indigestion or bloating. So you could certainly make So how about good tips? Let me rearrange my question then. How about good tips? 
you know, when you get these women, they're like, Andrea, I've got to eat fast. I've got to, you know, because that, that's a really great point. So what, are, what do you tell them? What, you know, yeah. a piece of advice for someone who can't slow down and eat. Tell us how bad it is and, and what they can do to fix that behavior. Well, what they can do is actually look at their lifestyle and see where they're spending their time. So, for example, the woman that tells me that she has to get out of the office, she has to get out of the house in the morning to get to the office, but then she'll wait 10 minutes online at the Starbucks to get a coffee and a, and a, you know, a little snack or something like that. I just tell her to reallocate that time. So maybe put a French press on in the house and have your coffee or your tea there while you're poaching an egg that you're going to have on a nice piece of sourdough bread or on some old, you know, not old, but roasted potatoes from the day before, <laughs> right, right, old potatoes, <laughs> some leftover <laughs> potatoes from the day before, and you just, you know, it's the same amount of time. It takes four minutes to poach an egg, four minutes. In that time, you could have your tea or your coffee, you could have a breakfast, and that same amount of time that you would spend, ten minutes online at the Starbucks. And it's never ten minutes, sometimes it's longer. You know, we, we don't realize where we're spending our time. So I just encourage people to reallocate their time. A lot of people spend time in front of the television. Like they come home and I know that they're exhausted from work. I know it. Because they're working at a job possibly that they don't love, which sucks their energy out. You know, or they're taking care of the kids and the husband all day long. And, again, their energy has been sucked out right? when you're in a constant giving mode. So I really encourage them to make cooking like a nighttime dinner, make that an experience. Really get to know the food on an intimate level. You know, like just like we were talking about essential oils earlier, you know, start to put some real herbs in the food that contain those essential oils. It'll be an uplifting experience. They'll be cooking. Without getting a massive whack of essential oils from a bottle. Amen, yes. woman. Say that again. Say that again yes, to people. Totally. Would you please? <laughs> yes. Amen, sister. <laughs> you know, you just cook with those herbs, cook with those foods, and you're going to be getting that internally, externally. You know, like whenever people come over my house, like my nephew came over last week, and the first thing that he says when he walks in the door, he's like, oh, it smells so good in here, because it smells like food. It smells like mm -hmm. food. There's always something cooking, right? Something for breakfast, something for lunch, something for dinner. It doesn't smell like a stale house. You know, a, a trick that... um. Um, realtors will do when they're trying to sell a house is they will go to the house, they'll bake a back of, batch of cookies or mm -hmm. bread, right, in the oven. And then, of course, when the people first walk into the house, it smells like food. That's home. That's comforting. It's soothing on a very deep level. So I really do encourage people to, to find the time to reallocate and just get in the kitchen. And even if it's making one dinner and then saving the dinner, for leftovers the next day or to, to bring with them to to work, you know, for lunch so that they're not always cooking. They don't feel like they're always cooking. But this is, you know, cooking is a basic, a basic thing that we just don't know how to do anymore. It's so basic. Everybody knows how to cook or everybody used to know how to cook. And now we just right. like, yeah, we don't know. We'll, we'll dial out. We order in. There's so, much, there's so much food everywhere there where that we do not need to know how to cook. We could just go and buy and purchase. But there's so much stuff missing. And one of the things that's missing, when we're purchasing food from everywhere else that's mass-produced, we're missing the main ingredient, and that is love. When someone is cooking, generally, like if you think about your grandma, your great-grandma, you know, for a lot of people, or their great-great-grandma, 
when they were in the kitchen and they were cooking, there was that infusion of their energy into the food. So if you would get a cold or you would get sick, you were getting chicken soup for sure, this, this pot of the nutritious liquid that was on the stove, but you're getting it mixed with the love and intention that your grandma wants to heal you, that she wants you to feel better, or your grandfather, right? So that's, that's missing. It's a missing ingredient in our food supply. And you can only get that in the home. You can only get that in the home where someone is really connecting with the food on a deep level and infusing it with great love energy. I love that. That is infusion a beautiful way to your food. I love that. Yes? Andrea, we want you back already. <laughs> yes, we do. Oh, my we gosh. We want to talk some time. more. Oh, gosh. I know. We do. We want to talk some more. Okay, we've got some things to wrap up real quick because we only have, what, five minutes left. Andrea, please tell us about your, your nourishing, uh, thy- nourishing Your Thyroid series. I mean, I think it looks amazing. I've loved the video so far. Can you tell people a little bit about it and a little bit about what they'll get um, oh, sure. at the end of the series and all of that? Please. Yeah, I have, um, if you go to my website, you'll see the Nourishing Thyroid Program. Then if you go to that page, it'll take you to the video series. And the video series is, is a series of, it's four videos. And the first one talks about how you can potentially heal your condition and how the body is a self-healing organism. And then in the second video, I give examples, you know, examples of, uh, you know, case studies and stories and people and how they're healing or not healing or what's happening with them. You know, not everybody's going to have a, a cure, but they may have a healing. And, and that's, a, that's a whole other conversation. And then the third right. video tells, tells you exactly what to do, like um, what to stay away from, what types of food to stay away from, what to put into the diet. And then the fourth video goes more in-depth, and then it talks about my Nourishing Thyroid Program, which is coming up next month. It comes out twice a year. And that's an extensive four-month program with, Probably, I think it's 11 modules or something like that of, you know, all information about adrenal fatigue and, you know, herbs for thyroid and food for thyroid. And it gives so much information and, um, and coaching calls. And, and that's a lot of fun, too. And if anybody wants any information, I have thyroid blogs. You can go onto my, my page and just go to Andrea's blogs and put in, you'll see thyroid blogs or thyroid health. You have amazing, You're, amazing information available. And I, I love the upcoming class. You've got the upcoming classes that people can pay for each individual class. Like they oh, yeah. you have an upcoming healing candida. You've got such a wealth of information for people there. Um, it, it's, just, it's just amazing. And you also offer private coaching and online programs and just, Andrea, I don't think the thyroid community gets enough of you. We need more, more of Andrea. <laughs> we do. We do need more. We do. But you can get a lot, and those those videos are free. Yeah. That's all just, that's all you sign up, and, and the videos are free, and then at the very end of the, the videos she's saying there is a program. It's a four-month program that you do twice a year that involves lots more personalization from you and coaching and, and all that kind of stuff, and, and, and that's a different whole program. But the, the, four, the four video series is the pre to that, correct? Yes, that's correct. All kinds okay, of good. Things. Okay, well, yes, and, and Andrea's on my site as well. I've got a, a little um, ad for her, her new thyroid, uh, Nourishing Thyroid series. You can't miss her. She's, I just love her, and we are so grateful to have you on. Thank you for spending your Sunday with us and for telling us what you ate. Now I'm starving. <laughs> Thank and you, thank we, you, thank you. It was such a pleasure. Online. 
we want to have you back. So I will be in touch with you, and um, we just appreciate it. Everybody can. She just told you earlier how we can find everybody can find you, and we're running out of time. I hate to I hate to do this to you, but we got to run. And your amazing thank book. Thank you, thank you, thank you. <laughs> thank you, girls. Oh. It was a pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, thank you. Thank you, Andrea. Right, you're welcome. Have a good day. You too. Bye. Bye. Wow. She was amazing. Amazing. Every week, I, you I, know, I, and I just learned so much and just loved it. <sighs> I, I will bet you that that right? woman's house smells fabulous. All the time. I just want to go hang out in the living room. All the time. You know? <laughs> I know. Nap. It's got to smell just, amazing. Just, I just want to go nap on her couch while she's cooking. Nothing <laughs> wrong with that, right? I mean, I mean, who doesn't want a little nappy? You know, someone's been cooking in the kitchen, and I love that. When there's noise in the background, there's nothing better. And, you're, and if you're cooking something yummy for me, oh, can't even talk about it. Okay. Let's talk fast. We have some things to cover. Okay. Um, by the way, Thyroid Nation Radio, you guys know we have a great team of advisors. Without them, we could not do it. Raina Kranz, Laura Schooneman, Melissa Phipps, Blythe Clifford, Penny Jensen, Sarah Downing, and Mar- Marissa Ravello. We love them. They're on my page. They have lots of great groups. You cannot you cannot do without We cannot do without them, so you got to check them out. Tiffany, you got anything? Absolutely. I do, real quick. Speaking of thrivers, if you have a thyroid thriver story, we want to hear it. Dana wants to hear it. Please submit your story, thyroidnation.com, whether you're in the midst of your journey, learned other things, whatever you got, even if you are not completely well yet, please submit your story. It's so important for other people to be able to read them. Uh, And you might get chosen to appear live on Thyroid Nation Radio. We're going to start incorporating some thrivers. And uh, Dana, tell yeah. us what we got next week going on. Next Robin, week, Robin Root with uh, full yes, full potential living yeah. and happy, healthy thyroid. She's got some great information, and she actually just broke her ankle, poor thing. And um, and so she's going to be with us on the show, and I am so excited. So you guys, we had a wonderful Sunday again. If you have any questions about any of the past shows, you can reach them on the archives. Make sure to follow Thyroid Nation on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. And we also have a Facebook group, which is Hashi's and, and Graves Radio Talk Show. So if you can't if you can't find it, just ask, and when we'll tell you next week. I know we're talking kind of fast. So this is Dana, United your ThyroidNation.com gringa. That's it. We're done. Are we done? United We Heal. Okay. <laughs> there we go. Maybe that will give us a couple seconds. Woohoo! Okay, I'll call you. Call me back.